What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We open on Juilliard and Lily, sitting in the dining room bar area. Both have drinks in their hands. Hey, do you like stories? Because I have one that I need to tell you. Well, is it a good story? No, it's more of a tragic affair, but I think you might find it interesting, if not informative. I want to tell you because... I think you would be the best understanding the gravity of it. I also need someone to remember it if something happens to me. Hey, come on, don't say that. The guild is tense enough these days without you talking about dying. Just promise to pay attention, okay? Okay. It all began when my circus was burned to the ground. We flash back now to one of the most important moments in your life. One that you don't even remember. There is a river, and the water is glistening in the moonlight. The brush on the riverside is tall and overgrown, and it's a particularly cool night. Walking along the water, there are two small figures, a dwarf man and his young daughter. The man is wearing a pretty goofy top hat, and the girl is in a cute little white dress. They're walking when they suddenly stop. They hear some odd noises, what sound like 
a small creature growling and whining. The two of them poke through the brush, and what they see is a tiny blue dragonborn, swaddled in cloth, left all alone. They pick him up, they look around for a moment, and they finally decide to take him home. This is the story that you've been told a thousand times, Juilliard, and the story that you're hearing one more time tonight. You're talking with that man, Horace, a man that you've known to be your father ever since that night. Tonight, your troop is performing in the desert and hills. You just got off the stage, the crowd is just cleared, and you don't quite know it yet, but you just finished your very last performance with the circus troupe that you've traveled with for your entire life. You see, Lily, I had a great life before I ever met you or anyone else in the guild. Horace was like the dad that I never had, and Fabrina, even though she was kind of my sister, was really my first love. My life was happy. We were on the road, performing for people, and I was pretty good at it, too. And then it just all fell apart one night. After your performance and your talk with Horace, you find yourself unusually tired. You figure that your performance was just a little more taxing tonight, and you search for a cot in one of your tents. You lay down, and almost instantly you pass out, which is kind of surprising because you, Juilliard, are not one to sleep. But sure enough, you blissfully slip off into a deep unconsciousness. Several hours have passed. You are awakened by the increasingly unbearable heat. Your eyes are barely open before you see the blinding light of flames hugging the sides and ceiling of your tent. What the- oh shit! What the fuck is going on? Juilliard opens his eyes and sees the fire and immediately darts outside. He starts screaming for the people that he loves. Horus! Fabrina! Everything is gone. It's destroyed or pillaged. Everyone you know is missing or dead on the ground, including Horace. Outside, the only one you see still standing is the one that you were hoping to see the most. Fabrina, Horace's daughter. The one who found you that night by the river. She's pitifully attempting to defend herself against a giant brute, and she doesn't have a chance. Juilliard sees the fight and whispers under his breath, Fabrina, no. And he starts sprinting towards the opponent. Roll initiative. The brute got a nine. Juilliard got a 13. Okay. So, Juilliard, you have the first hit. What do you do? Juilliard turns his sprint into a flying punch and just tries to hit the brute as hard as he can, using his full momentum. It's sloppy, but he aims right for him. And he's going fast. Roll to hit. 11. Okay, you hit him. You fly through the air with a newfound rage inside of you, and you get him right in the face and he's going to react by attempting to swing at you. And he misses. He is caught off guard by your 
uh, attack, and he kind of swings around, but he, he doesn't get a hit on you. So what do you do now? After dodging the attack, Juilliard shouts at him, Stay away from her, you motherfucker, and launches a kick right at his chest. Roll to hit. That's a three. Yeah, you, um... You swing your leg right at him, but he's much bigger than you, and he uh, dodges out of the way pretty pretty easily. And so he's gonna try to grab you as you're attempting to do that. And yeah, he grabs you and he slams you to the ground for uh, one hit on you. In retaliation, Juilliard grabs the brute by his head and attempts to headbutt him. Go for it. It's a natural 20. Yeah, so you uh, get a really firm grip on his head and you headbutt the fuck out of him. And since you're a dragonborn with a really scaly and big head, you uh, kind of knock him dizzy so he has disadvantage on his next roll. Um... Yeah, so you have two hits, he has one hit, and he's going to attempt to get you again, and that's an 18. Um, Okay, that's a five. He swings his big arm at you as if it's a club, and uh, again, in his dizziness, he he misses. Is there anything nearby that Juilliard could grab? Yeah, there's lots of debris. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Now with some distance between himself and the brute, Juilliard tries to pick up a piece of wood that is slightly charred. He then walks over to him and tries to swing at the brute from with an overhand swing aimed right at his skull with the intent to kill. It's a 10 on the dot. All right, yeah, you muster up the exact amount of strength that you need and you club him right in the head and that is your third hit. So you best your opponent, driven by what can only be called a rush of passion. You deliver a fatal blow with this piece of wood to this large brute, and you kill him. And once you do this, you experience an undeniable surge of strength after conquering your enemy. And you look over to Fabrina, expecting to see a look of relief, but you don't. She's horrified. Fabrina, we have to go. Juilliard drops the wood and takes a step towards her. And when you take a step toward her, she immediately reacts by stepping back. And she's just staring at you. Please, you don't understand. I was I was trying to help you. Please don't be scared. And Juilliard takes another few quick steps towards her. And she again reacts by stepping back and she starts to cry disbelieving of what she just saw come from you and she flees in the other direction juilliard tries desperately calling out to her over and over again fabrina fabrina don't run please don't run but his will is fading and he knows that he's lost her So he just falls to the ground on his knees and starts sobbing into the cold, blood-stained ground. You fade away into the night.
after the fight, I, uh, well, I kind of lost a little bit of myself and a little bit of time. At first, I just wandered around the camp searching for anything, anybody that was still alive, but all of the resources were destroyed or stolen and all the people were dead or gone. So I started wandering around the desert in the Desarian Hills. There was little food, little supplies, and even less hope. The next day, you're still unable to even begin to process what's just happened. You have fled out of the Desarian Hills and into the surrounding terrain, escaping your tragedy and finding yourself in a harsh desert. Nothing surrounds you but sand and dry heat for miles. Injured, with no supplies, no destination, and no will, you collapse. You wake up to a cold splash of water on your face. Your eyes blink open and you see a human man in black and white robes standing above you. Excuse me, sir, are you alright? No. My... My caravan, my my circus. <coughs> we were attacked, raided. I, I have nothing. I have no one. They took my whole world. The world is a bigger place than just life and death. My name is Jamie, and Jamie puts his hand on your shoulder while you're still on the ground, and almost instantly you feel your wounds closing. Uh, it's, it stings, but it doesn't last for long. <sighs> what are you doing? Are you a cleric? How did, how are you doing that? I am a monk from a secret order which studies health, living and dying, creating and destroying. We are healers and investigators, and we are currently recruiting for new acolytes. Maybe you should come along to the monastery and see for yourself. Well, I'm not usually a very religious man, all things considered, but I don't see where else I could go. I guess I'll follow you. You travel with Jamie and climb into the depths of the Sword Mountains. The climbing is exhausting, especially after everything that's happened, but you're not really willing to give up this chance so soon. Eventually, you make it into a perfect crevice of the mountains, and you spot the monastic temple that will eventually mean so much to you. The place that will bring you to your new family. So you walk inside this monastic temple with Jamie, and immediately you see two figures inside talking amongst themselves. One is a bigger, friendlier-looking human man, uh, looks a little bit older, and the other is a hooded figure who you can't really see. He's humanoid in shape, and uh, all you can see of him is a white beard that drapes under his hood. And the two of them look to you and Jamie and walk over to you. The, uh, the friendlier man walks up to both of you and he says, Ah, Jamie, who is this? And Jamie says, Sir, this is Juilliard. I just found him outside in the desert. And the hooded figure says, And why 
Young Jamie, have you brought this lizard boy to us? Well, my lord Xerxes, it seems as if he needed a bit of help with the situation that he's been put in. Mm, well, clearly he needs help. The question is whether he deserves it. And Joshua says, My dear Xerxes, maybe we should hear a bit more about the lad before rushing to judgment. Mm, so be it. Speak, boy. My name is Juilliard Woken. Uh, Lord Xerxes. Um, I was a traveling performer. Um, a few days ago, my circus was burned and pillaged by wandering raiders. My family's dead. I have nowhere to go. I saw Jamie perform healing magic and... <clears throat> I need a home. I need to get stronger and I need to protect myself. And... Others too, I guess. Have you killed before, Juilliard? Um, yes. I, at the end of the raid, I, I killed a man. He was, uh, well, I don't like to think about it, but yes, I've killed it before. You see, Xerxes, our young dragon here is a perfect candidate for our order. Young, fit, battle-tested, and eager for a new life. Didn't you say we needed someone besides skinny, weak scholars? Here's your man. Very well. Get him a robe, Jamie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our very first memory episode. Are you liking it? Are you enjoying it? Of course you are, because it's cool and different. We've been teasing these episodes for quite a while now because they've been a really long time coming. Um, as I've stated before, these are more of a collaborative effort between myself and the rest of the team because we wanted to make these episodes intense and personal, as you can tell from this episode, and uh, most of all, true to the characters. The, uh, the real reason we ended up with this idea is because Rob is currently halfway across the world in Germany, and we knew that trying to schedule all four of us across three different time zones was going to be pretty dang impossible. So it's a different format, but we're having so much fun with it. It's a big breath of fresh air, and it's something new and different. So on to regular announcements. We have a merch store, as you know. <laughs> it's got some really cool designs, including the Guildfellows logo and two different guild logos. There's t-shirts, tank tops, crew neck sweaters, hoodies, stickers, and even more. There's a lot of different colors for everything that is available, so you can definitely find something that fits for you. Uh, definitely go check it out because listeners get the exclusive code GF. 15, which will take 15% off your entire order. That is GF15. That's crazy. Just type in <laughs> merch.guildfellows.com and it'll take you right there. Get to it. You can support us directly by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com guildfellows. There are many different tiers of perks you can choose. For example, for $1 a month, you get access to our Discord server. And just starting this month, I have started posting my DM slash recording notes for each episode. This month I posted notes for episode one, and then on the 1st of November I'll be posting notes for episode two, and you get access to those for just $5 a month. 
There are some interesting tidbits that didn't make it into the show in there, so you don't want to miss out on those. Uh, there are plenty of other tiers also, so go give it a look for yourself. That's at patreon.com slash guildfellows. We don't have any new reviews this week, so if you're enjoying what you hear, please consider hopping over to Apple Podcasts and giving us a nice review. If you write something nice, we'll shout you out on the show during this mid-roll segment. Even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, go like steal your friend's iPhone or something and give us a nice review and uh, we'll give you a kiss, a virtual kiss, because that's what everyone wants. (laughs) We have social media pages, because who doesn't? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the username at Guildfellows. We honestly love talking to everyone on our Twitter and Instagram pages. We've been making so many cool friends in the uh, tabletop gaming community, and we would love to see you there too because we want to meet you. We're really close to 500 followers on Twitter, and once we hit that, we'll be doing a Kitsa Dice giveaway, which will be our last one on Twitter for a long time. After we do that, we're going to be moving exclusively to Instagram for giveaways, so don't miss that. They'll be just as cool as all the other ones, so make sure you follow us on both of those platforms. The next episode will be up on October 23rd. You guys have been so supportive, and you're such a great audience, and we love every single one of you to death. We've recently noticed that a lot of our listenership comes from small websites that aren't listed on our Anchor distributor. So if that's you, come say hi on our social media pages, and we'll say hi back. But yeah, that's all for now. Enjoy the rest of the episode, and we'll see you next time. Have I told you guys about Anchor? If you haven't heard about it, let me explain. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's a free app that you can find in your phone's app store. It gives you creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone or your computer. Let it be known that you don't need a professional setup to start a podcast. Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and tons of other platforms. You can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We use Anchor for our podcast, and as the one who edits and posts our episodes, it honestly makes my job so much easier. I really and truly love it. If you're looking to start your own podcast, I highly recommend using Anchor to do so. You can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's several months later. You're outside sparring with a female recruit, Percy, who has a pretty good upper hand on you. She's beating you pretty handily. You're being coached by Joshua from the side, reminding you to control your key and be conscious of your movements. You think, you get caught up in your own thoughts, and in a few quick movements, Percy has you on the ground. You lose. Hey! Damn it. What'd I do wrong this time, huh? Joshua comes over to your side, and he says to you, Come, Juilliard, we need to talk. All right, all right. Juilliard stands up, gives Percy a bow and a little bit of a glare, and follows his master Joshua. He brings you to a meditation garden located inside the Order that looks out over the Crypt Garden forest. Sit with me for a moment here, Juilliard. And the two of you sit face to face in a meditative style. 
You've been here for a while, Juilliard. Do you understand what you've been taught? The real, fundamental purpose of this order? Uh, to learn about ki? I mean, to use our ki or natural energy to change our bodies. Move faster, more precisely. We reach inner peace through meditation and combat. We call ourselves the way of the long death because we're healers who try to find ways of preserving life and mastering the forces of death and decay. Well, uh, that's what I've been told by some other initiates, at least. You've grasped the surface layer of our purpose, but you fail to see the complete picture. Our order is complex, our goals diverse. Some monks here, the ones I think of as generally good people, are fascinated by medicine and healing, as am I. I ask you to listen and to think on what you observe around you. In time, I think you may see something deeper within our monastery. A couple moments of silence, fall, and the wind blows. Juilliard, when you first came to this monastery, I saw great potential in you, as a monk and as a person. Meditate on what draws you to these walls, and to what purpose you are destined. Practice your lessons, perfect your forms, find peace. You continue to meditate on your own for a long time. What are you thinking about during your meditation, and how long are you meditating for? Juliard meditates in the garden. He thinks over the events in his life, the things that have really shaped him as a person. Being found in a desolate place, having an adopted family, finding love, losing love, finding a life, seeing that life crumble in front of him, how he felt when he killed his first person, the strength, the rage, the complete lack of control that rushed through him. He's been trying to find ways to suppress that anger, or to at least channel it into something more productive. At first, his combat seemed sloppy, messy, with too much power and too little precision, but through mastery of key and practice, practice, and endless practice, he feels as if he's finally gotten some control back in his life. And when he controls his body and his forms, he feels as if he's at peace that the world makes sense around him. And as he meditates, he feels happy that he's found this order. He's content to have, maybe not a father figure in Elder Joshua, but someone that can mentor him, that can take some control away from his life and show him what to do, where to go. He relishes this control and this freedom in having a little bit of limitation on his life, to not travel for the first time in forever, to have a home. One day, while you're in that same garden that you spoke with Joshua inside, you're approached by a messenger who hands you a sealed envelope. Attached to this envelope on the outside is a card with handwriting that you recognize as Joshua's, and it reads, To proceed in our order, you must find mastery over what it is to live and die. You open the envelope. On the inside, a piece of parchment that simply reads, 
Are you worthy? With directions to a little pub in Waterdeep, the Bottleneck Tavern. So that's the end of the story. But Lily, I have to ask you something. Have you heard of the Order of the Long Death? I think I read about them being some sort of niche monastic group, but I don't really know anything about them. This is why you need to remember. You just got a first-hand account of how one joins the Order. What you probably don't understand is why this is so important. Not just for me, but for all people who encounter these monks. You see, I scoured this library for tomes about the Order to learn more about the instructions that Joshua gave to me. After I killed the Goblin King a few weeks ago, I discovered that the forms and the methods of key control that Joshua taught me allowed me to control and even absorb the key of things that I kill. When I found that book in the library, it told me the dark history of the Order. They obsess over finding the way of the perfect death, a technique that can kill instantly another creature, without pain, without harm, just dead. My task was to take the first step in mastering the way of our order, to kill or come close to dying myself. Joshua always taught me that our methods were a way to help and to heal. I believed him and still do, even though I don't consider myself truly part of that order after I read that book. So, you're not with them anymore, right? You're here with us. Why does all of this even still matter? It matters, because now that I've learned what I've learned about how to control my key, it's a part of me. I can't help but to do this terrible, sadistic thing when I kill people. I take part of their soul, and it honestly bothers me more than anything ever could. It scares me more than any monster. But there's something else, too. Thinking back on it, Joshua said that I was a perfect candidate for this order. And when he sent me away, I didn't really question why he would do that. I believed that, you know, he was telling the truth when I needed to leave to become deeper into the Order, to learn more about our purpose. But come to think of it, I don't remember any other initiates going away like that. I mean, I was studying with a group of at least 20 others that were about as new as I was, and I don't remember any of them being sent away, or any of the older... Uh, monks, I suppose, um, leaving either. So here's the question. Why was I sent away? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.